I think the, the best messages are ones that create change, right? You alluded to this a minute ago. They, they shift, they create a shift in worldview or they inspire an action. And, and so those, they have to be targeted to their audience. They have to be relevant. Welcome to another episode of Communicating Purpose. I'm John Higginson, and I believe that when you concentrate on your purpose, why you do what you do rather than what you do, then you'll be far more passionate and your audience will be far more switched on. I call this the power of purpose. This week, I'm joined by Alex Robinson, CEO of Hubbub. Hubbub is a creative campaigns charity which specializes in creating innovative, playful environmental campaigns. Their work focuses on a range of sustainability issues, recently including the plastic waste from our cigarette butts and the environmental impact of throwing away Halloween pumpkins. Before Hubbub, Alex worked in the music industry, representing and managing independent record labels. Alex, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Before we talk about Hubbub, I thought I'd just ask you about how you got to where you are today. Sure. Well, like you mentioned, my background's in the independent music industry, which is perhaps not, not typical for someone leading a, an environmental charity now. But I was running mainly American record labels uh, in Europe. And it's actually been a massive, it was a massive influence on me and, and how I work. Um, made me comfortable with working with all kinds of people in all kinds of situations and helped me to operate on shoestring budgets. And crucial in a, in a climate fight I got really used to being the underdog um, so it's created real real resilience so these are kind of general skills I picked up through a decade or so in the music industry but I, I was able to transition to the purpose-led space through a program called On Purpose which helps take people who are kind of midway through their career and and like redirect them into social enterprises charities purpose-led mm-hmm. businesses B Corps and things like that. And that really gave me the, the, the confidence, the knowledge and the contacts to, to shift into where I wanted to be, which was a much more environmental, sustainability focused career and, and uh, took me straight to Hubbub. I've been there five years now and, and the last six months or so in the CEO's chair. So tell me a bit, a, a bit more about Hubbub. What does it do? So we're a, a creative environmental charity and, and our purpose is to inspire action that's good for the environment and for all of us, for everyone. So what we're really doing is if you if you say you read the, the recent IPCC report, it mentioned there's 5% of, of total carbon emissions within the purview of citizen-led behaviours. This is the bit we're going after, the things that we as citizens, as communities, as professionals can influence in our daily lives. Um, so it's everything from, from waste, um, from food, fashion, our homes um, and, and our communities. And we look for ways to bring people together, help them to make um, sustainable choices and often ways that, that, that save them money, bring people together as well. And we do everything through the lens of positivity and, and creativity, because we know that we've got to cut through all the other messaging out there 
to reach people and inspire them to take action. Hmm. That sounds quite inspiring and empowering, actually, to 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 do that. Because I think quite often when it comes to the environment, people just feel the weight of this huge, great thing, climate change, and they just think, oh, the tiny little actions I take, what kind of effect are they actually going to have when you've got China and India and the US not not cooperating and, and, and doing all these things? Do you, do you find that you get that kind of that, that, that positive response? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really good point. And, and one of the things that we see is people worried that they can't make enough difference. Like they want to do something, but they can't do enough. And it's really important for us to show people that, of course, no one can do enough on their own, but we all have the power to do to do something. And it's actually by taking action that we develop the confidence to do more, to share it with other people, to bring people around us along for the ride as well. And and um, you know, there's this really nice. I think it's a Gandhi quote saying, like, if you if you don't believe in the power of um, single actors, small actors, try sleeping with a mosquito. <laughs> and um, and but I think on the flip side of that, we're really careful not to say climate crisis and all, and and the multiple environmental challenges. They're not individuals' responsibility. So we're not saying that that it's down to individuals to save it. I guess going back that point about the IPCC report that I mentioned, there's a section of it which we have the the ability to influence. But also, we're trying to make taking climate action common sense. So when a government is considering what to do, they know that there's a public groundswell of support for making the sustainable choice, for leading on the climate. And we're building that groundswell by showing people how they can be involved every day how it can help them in their lives paint a brighter picture of the future basically and what are some of those simple steps that 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 people can take themselves um well they're not they're not all simple of course i mean some of the most impactful things um involve say eating less meat and you might have seen the state of climate report came out last week saying that um we should all eat two burgers or less like for a climate friendly diet and and that's per per how much two burgers per was that week or month or per, sorry per week sorry it's per, per week, week. yeah okay. per week yeah and mm. and so the way we approach things like that is um we'd never lecture people about what they should and shouldn't do but you know to give you an example we ran this campaign recently called Manchester is green where we took football fans in Manchester and took on the challenge of inspiring them and enabling them to to have plant-based diets. These are people who are coming to us saying, we have never cooked a meal without meat in it in our lives. So it's really going after groups that aren't part of the conversation normally. And and to do, so we took this cohort of of people and we created a football-themed campaign. So everything was framed around, around football. Food swaps were tactical substitutions, snacks to like halftime meals. We even had food named after Manchester football footballers, Andy Coleslaw, things like that. Um, doing that made it made it feel comfortable, appealing, safe. They saw people like them making these swaps, um, and and in the end, in that example, seventy percent of the participants were eating less meat by the end of the or 
um, two months after the trial finished, and also reporting that they were saving money and feeling healthier. So there's ways of inspiring these and enabling these, these lifestyle changes that are appealing to people. They're not telling people you need to live like this, which, which we never would do. And, and also, as you all know, it doesn't really work. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's great that you're also getting out to communities, um, you know, not preaching to the choir and, 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 and reaching groups of people that might not otherwise um, have places to hear your message. Um, that sounds like a really effective tool that you're using there. Are there any other uh, good tools that, that you know of for, for getting messages across? I think the thing that has worked best for us is when we create a virtuous circle of communication and action on the ground, because each one reinforces the other. So when we talk about food waste, for example, trying to reduce food waste, particularly um, in the household, uh, we run a community fridge network across the country, and we also have a project called Food Connect, which is a zero carbon surplus food delivery service that runs in in Milton Keynes and and in London as well. And by doing these two things, we're able to talk about the problem, to show solutions on the ground. Those solutions um, give us credibility. They bring our comms to life. They give give a, a focus and something to rally around. They also give us new insights and start new conversations, which brings us back around again to having new things to talk about, new ideas for projects. So on their own, projects can often happen sort of out of sight and comms can seem theoretical. But when you have the two working in concert, it's, it's really powerful. Yeah, I think that's so so important, actually, because, um, you know, communicate, communications in itself is not the end goal, you know, hitting a certain number of headlines and stuff like that. And I think too many people in communications can get stuck with those uh, key performance indicators of kind of how many how many eyeballs have you got. And actually it's that, right. you know, it's that getting back to, that's great that you've got eyeballs, but what has it achieved? Has it has it empowered someone to think, great, I'm not alone in doing this. And, and, uh, and, right. and, and, and another great one is just seeing the power of, of, of numbers, because as, as you are on your, your own doing something, if you can see stories that actually you're not alone, lots of other people are doing it and, and the compound interest of you all doing it together has achieved X, this, this far greater number. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's got that empowering effect to it. Um, what do you draw your own inspiration from for uh, campaigns? So our campaigns are insight-led, right? We always start with an insight phase, and that often means spending time on the ground, just observing people's behaviour, interviews, focus groups, um, all of that kind of thing. So so lots of people know us for the ballot bin, which is a voting ashtray. I don't know whether you've seen seen that, but yeah, yeah. Um, that, that that's now in 40-plus countries around the world. And it started with us standing in Villiers Street in central London mm-hmm. at night, watching people smoking and discarding their cigarettes and getting getting to know those behaviours, talking to them, understanding what was going on. And, and in that case... It was often men outside the pub talking about football. Um, they already had ashtrays and threats of fines, but it wasn't, they didn't notice them. It wasn't working. So, so we were able to use that insight of what they were doing, what they were interested in to create 
a product, a ballot bin that asked them a question, who's the best footballer in the world, Ronaldo or Messi? And then they voted with a cigarette. But we actually preloaded the Ronaldo side just to annoy people as well and get, get, get the conversation moving. So, you know, that's, that's an example of, we'd never have come up with that just by sitting in a room thinking about it. The inspiration came from really getting to understand the problem. And I guess the other thing I would mention is we do keep an eye around the world for great ideas that we can, we can adapt. So yeah. um, the community fridge, for example, that wasn't invented in the UK and, and plastic fishing that we do in, in Canary Wharf and, and now is around the UK as well. That was adapted from a project in, in Amsterdam. So if you can take things and build on them, it's a great way to, to get started as well. Well, I love that idea of, of positive behaviour change. You're, you're, you're stopping that cigarette butt from landing on the floor simply by, you know, someone actually wanting to achieve something else, i.e. say that Messi is right. a better, better right. footballer. Um, what have you been most proud of? I know that you've been CEO for only six months, but what have you been most proud of during your time at Hubbard? I think I've been most proud of, of the development of the Community Fridge Network. And, and for your listeners who aren't familiar with it, a Community Fridge is, is a place for people to share surplus food at its heart. And they're often in community centres, village halls, um, student halls, places like that. And, and they operate on, a, on an honesty basis. They often volunteers collect surplus food from supermarkets and other places. And then people can come and take what they want or what, what they need. And um, each fridge shares about two tonnes of food a month. And last year we had around a million visits to fridges wow. in the network that, that we coordinate. And we've built, um, we've built that network from the first one up to over 400 now across the UK and, and recently with, with brilliant support from the co-op. Yeah. And it's a project where you see enormous social and environmental impacts. Mm. Uh, they bring people together. They, they have a really positive impact in the community. Uh, they're rescuing millions of tons of, or thousands of tons of food, and they're benefiting communities all over the UK. And, and they've obviously been uh, needed and set up faster than ever in the last couple of years, given given what's been going on. So I'm very proud about our role, our role in that. Great. And, and, and how does that idea differ from the kind of food bank idea? Is it that it's refrigerated yeah, it's very, goods only? Partly that, but it's, it's mainly differs from a food bank in that um, you don't need a referral to go there. Anyone can go. So there's no sense of, there's no sense of, of stigma. People often don't like to use food banks because they don't feel dignified Um at a community fridge, you have people who might drop off food when times are good and pick up food when they need it. And, and that's just part of, of a mutual aid model of being, being part of the community. So it's a, it's a very different model, very different feeling. And yeah, we have very different food as well, because a lot of it is fresh fruit and veg. It's the hardest, it's the hardest stuff to get, um, especially if you're on a real budget and, and you don't really get it from the food banks. Yeah. Um, what do you believe makes a good message? I think the, the best messages are ones that create change, right? You alluded to this a minute ago. They, they shift, they create a shift in worldview or they inspire an action. And, and so those, they have to be targeted to their audience. They have to be relevant. 
And I was going back to the, I mentioned that Manchester food project, Manchester is green a few minutes ago. And one of the messages I really loved about that was we said, the planet is deep into Fergie time. Now, to most people, that means next to nothing, right? It is, people wouldn't know what Fergie time is. To a Manchester football audience, it's a deeply resonant phrase that brings about so many feelings about whichever Manchester club you support, um, whether positive or, or negative feelings, but also shows you that even when the chips are down, there's still time to take action. You can still turn things around. You know, it's it's quite po it's positive and inspiring, but it's also super targeted. Mm. And, and I love messages like that, that really resonate with their audience. It doesn't have to be for everyone. Very few good messages. I mean, you will know this more about this than, than I do, but very few messages are incredibly compelling for the widest possible audience. That's really hard. And a lot of us in our work, we're looking for those messages that really resonate with our target audience. Um, tell us about who you admire as a communicator. I so I've been so impressed over recent months with with Mick Lynch's um, media performances, and what I love about what he does is he often just so many people are trained to answer the question, however ridiculous, and what he often does is just gently point out the absurdity of of the people attacking him and, and his position, his union's position and answer in such a direct common sense way that even if you disagree with him, and, and of course millions do, you still see that he's speaking with integrity and he's really getting his message across clearly and he won't be swayed from it by, by the attacks he's inevitably getting. And, and he does it with a bit of a, uh, uh, there's a, like a wink in his eye as well as he goes about it, which must be hard to maintain given given the pressure and the attacks he's under. So I think he's been a real lesson that there's more than one way, there's more than one way to communicate about political issues. And, uh, and I hope we see more people adopting, adopting that approach. Great. And for those listeners who don't know who Mick Lynch is, he's the, um, he's the union leader of the RMT union, which represents uh, uh, tube, tube drivers. Um, well, what what media do you read yourself or uh, watch? Yeah, so for me, it's definitely about reading. I'm like a super text text based person. So for news, it's the BBC and and the Guardian website predominantly. Um, I find those are the, the best sources. Uh, for more in depth politics, economics, world world issues, and so on, I love the London Review of Books. Um. And then I listen to a lot of podcasts, particularly while I'm exercising. So um, Financial Times and New York Times, they have daily, really useful daily podcasts. And then and then there's the nerdy environmental podcasts. So things like the ENDS report, for example, which um, is really good on, on UK policy and, and things like that. And um, I'm also a recovering Twitter addict and um, probably spend more time reading about football than, than I should. So uh, uh, the athletic is is the best source for that. Great. And finally, if you could share one message with uh, our audience, what what would it be? 
Well, I guess your, your audience is already committed to, to doing the right thing, to communicating purpose, right? So I think it's about, about looking for ways to help each other because all of the challenges we're facing are too big to solve on our own. And the more that purpose-led communicators, business people, charity leaders, and so on, can be a community and support one another, then the more impact we'll have. So look out for ways you can support support the rest of the community and collaborate would be my call. Great. Well, what a uh, great final message to... Uh to leave on, uh, help, help out those other people in this, in this same space that, that we're in. We're all working essentially towards very similar, um, goals. You know, we want to, uh, leave the planet in a better place than we, um, than we arrived into it. Um, Alex Robinson, CEO sure. of Hubbub. Thank you very much for joining me, John Higginson on communicating purpose. Thank you for having me.